Thanks for listening to the Mercy Church Podcast. If you're in the area, we want to invite you to join us the last weekend in March as we celebrate Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Good Friday services will be at 6 p.m. on Friday evening. And then on Sunday morning, we invite you to join us for a time of worship, a message, and baptisms. Bring your friends, your family, and if you feel so led, invite your coworker, cashier, or barista to join you. Services will be held at regular service times at all campuses. To learn more, visit mercycharlotte.com slash events. Again, that's mercycharlotte.com slash events. to the Mercy Church Podcast. We wanted to spend some time today talking about Black History Month, which is coming up soon in February. I'm joined here by Pastor Spence Shelton and Dr. Richard Barnes. You guys want to say a brief hello? Hey guys, what's up? (laughs) In this podcast, we're going to discuss a few questions like, why do we celebrate Black History Month? How can we as the church celebrate and honor this month? What does Mercy plan to do in the month of February and beyond that to pursue multiculturalism in the church? We'll answer those questions and more. Let's get started. All right. First question I have for you guys um, and Pastor Richard, I would love for you to speak into this. Why do we celebrate Black History Month? Yeah, that's an excellent question. First, let's start with the history and then we'll get to the why. So there's a guy named Carter G. Woodson. Um, He has a phenomenal book called The Miseducation of the Negro, which will be just a great resource for anyone uh, to read. And him and another guy uh, named Jesse Moreland, they were trying to figure out how to bring um, both African-American and the African diaspora education out among the black community. And so what that evolved into was an African-American week, which happened in February, which it was the, uh, the dawning of Abraham Lincoln's birthday was when it, when it started to represent historically the Emancipation Proclamation. But then eventually in 1976, uh, what happened, it was signed by president, um, president Gerald, Gerald Ford, that he officially made, um, black history month. And so since 1976, as a nation, it has been become a federal national month to be celebrated. And so that's uh, that's the history. Uh, why do we do it and why we do it the way that we do in February? I'm still trying to wonder why we only get 28 days instead of all 31 as as a black people. Yeah. Um, uh, but <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but to be be honest, it, it was because uh, of yeah. Abe Lincoln's birthday and, okay, yeah. and and Carter G. Woodson wanted it to be in that week. Uh, and, and so um, the, the why behind it all is that um, this is as listeners, as you're listening in, please know that. This is no indictment, primarily if you're from the white culture, this is not an indictment up, upon you um, by any way. The reason why we celebrate Black History Month is because in a world that exists primarily for white people in the United States, 
our history books, everything never doesn't represent the African-American community. And we have to always insert ourselves, insert our, our history, insert mm-hmm. our our culture onto the American culture. Mm-hmm. And so Black History Month allowed for us to to celebrate who we are as a people, allowed us to understand the history of, of our people. Um, Cause black history month is not just about slavery, which is mm-hmm. the like notion that typically gets explained. You know, we only talk about slaves and the history that, that has happened, but you, you look at the, look at the, the black people as, as a whole in America, some of the most strongest um, thriving people and who have rebounded time and time again, mm-hmm. despite a lot of op- opposition so that's mainly what we separate is not the not the things that that we were held down from, but what has happened despite all of the adversity and all of the uh, challenges. And so um, the black church owned it because you can't in a black culture, you don't separate mm-hmm. uh, the black church, black businesses, uh, black politics, all of this. So you, don't, you don't separate any of, of that. Because they're all interconnected, mm-hmm. and and so uh, th- therefore, me growing up as a young child, I learned Black history and loved Black history and loved to understand who I was because of Black History Month. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. so we celebrate it is to elevate Blackness among the consciousness of Blackness among um, ourselves. And and now, as a recent, it's becoming more of a recognition throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, more than just the, the black church um, and to recognize that black history is, is American history. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's not ethnocentrism as I've been uh, accused of, you know, like us celebrating blackness is, is because that it has been ignored and not considered history. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. want to bring recognition to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for that answer. That was really, really well so said good. and eloquent. Um, Pastor Spence, I did want to ask you, I know we're going to hear more about this on Sunday, but mm-hmm. I know that Mercy Church values multiculturalism That's right. in our church. And so I would love to hear from your perspective, um, your point of view, what it is that Mercy, what we hope to do over the next five years, what we're planning to do to promote multiculturalism. Just, yeah. we don't need a whole sermon, but if you can give us yeah. a brief, <laughs> we'll get the sermon on Sunday. If you can oh, give us man. a brief, uh, Um, Yeah. 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 Well, uh, first, uh, thank you, Pastor Richard. And I want to say to you guys listening, and I know a lot, I hope a lot of people, most of whom are listening are uh, the members of the Mercy Church family. And I want you to know, even this conversation we're having here around the table, uh, much like we did this past summer um, on a Sunday morning, these conversations are built on now uh, years of friendship together, Mm -hmm. just a few years, uh, but years of friendship together where we've had a lot of conversations that have been in private. Uh, one-on-one, and then just a lot of conversations that have absolutely nothing to do with this, that are just about life and ministry and family and how to dig a trench in your backyard or how to smoke a brisket or whatever Amen. else the Richard, the man of so many talents knows, um, you know, a lot of just friendship and life on life. Uh, and I want to encourage us as a church uh, to befriend one another and mm-hmm. to spend time around dinner tables with one another, uh, especially with people from a different culture and different background than your own. And that will pave the way 
for conversations like these because proximity breeds empathy. We continue to come back to that. And the closer we are to one another, the more um, we'll be able to love and then hear and assume the best in one another, uh, which is what the church should lead out in. So uh, with that said, just really briefly on where we hope to go over the next five years, we want to be a church, as we've been saying all January, that is maturing multiplying and multicultural. Um, That's because we look at the scripture and see what God's people are called to be, what the New Testament church is called to be. And that's just a way to summarize it. It also speaks, though, to a few areas of deficiency that we see uh, both in our own church and in the church, uh, the American church. Um, So when we talk about maturing, multiplying, I could get into those. But as it relates to multicultural, one of the deficiencies we see is still at present, most evangelical churches, which would kind of be our tribe there, um, are predominantly uh, one culture. You know, mm-hmm. there's one culture all worshiping together on Sunday. Now you have pioneers who go across cultural lines and come in and and worship inside of and are members inside of a church that's not um majority their own culture. You have some of the Pastor Richard represents a pioneer stepping into a largely white church. And uh, so does Alan and so does Joseph and several others of our members represent those pioneers. But still, we are a majority single culture church. But we look at the New Testament and we see how the gospel reconciles people from across racial backgrounds. And we go, that's what heaven is going to look like. Mm -hmm. All nations around Mm -hmm. the throne worshiping together as brothers and sisters in the family. And the church is to be the reflection of that. And so we want to be that. And so over the next five years, we're going to do our best. We're t- I know we're going to talk a little bit about it further on to take intentional steps, starting with leadership and working our way out because we go first as leaders in the church, of course, mm-hmm. um, to try and receive all that God has for us in being a multicultural church. And that's what's very important here. We're not talking about building something. We're actually talking about more than that, receiving what God offers us in being a multicultural family of God. Mm, That's what yeah. he's created. So we get to see more of him through um, more cultures that we bring into the Mercy family. Um, all united under the name of Jesus, super important. Uh, and as we do that, we see, man, we see the beauties of the gospel of God redeeming different cultures. And then we get to <laughs> our worship just becomes so much more rich, a quick a little example that just kind of warmed my heart. Sunday morning, we're singing a song um, that has Swahili in it because mm-hmm. our student director, um, Alan, he helped to write this song. That's his native language. My son leans over to me at the end of the song. He said, Dad, I want to learn Swahili. That was awesome. And I'm like, it's just this little, that's just a little like yeah. side thing there. But what he's doing is just even in that little moment being um, just kind of informed and shown the beauty of another culture just by just a phrase. All he's saying is a phrase. Um, and for him to be able to go and explore the richness of how he can see God um, and see more of God and get more of God through a culturally diverse church just in that little instant. And I'm like, I want my son growing up in that kind of mindset, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I think that like what we're even trying to aim at here for the Mercyites that when we talk about diversity in our church, we typically only think about a diverse worship service, meaning mm-hmm. that there's people from different color um, involved. And 
And what we're trying to accomplish is that everybody in our church, um, no matter where they come from, is that they get a part of them that's that's expressed. And it's not that we're trying to we're trying to um, take a little bit of this, a little bit of that and, and make a salad. Right. Like we're 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 not trying mm-hmm. trying to do, do that. Neither are we trying to make make gumbo either. Um, <laughs> but 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 we're trying to make something that there's their distinctiveness and, and expression redemptively exp, redemptive express expressive expressiveness. Mm-hmm. Right. That expresses a part of Jesus that mm-hmm. we wouldn't see unless we rub shoulders with a brother and sister from a different culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and so the so like. Me and um, our, our brother Alan, right? Uh, mm-hmm. me, me and him are both have the same skin color. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to believe he's a little bit darker than me. Um, and uh, but we, we we come from two different cultural backgrounds, mm-hmm. and but we're able to understand in each other in some ways, but also learn a lot from each other in different ways because we come from two different. Um, cultural backgrounds, though we share the same, uh-huh. slightly yeah. same color yeah, skin. Yeah, that's a really good point. And actually, to that point, what are things, um, this question is for both of you, but what are things that you would encourage the individuals of Mercy over this next month? I mean, obviously, this doesn't just need to pertain to February, but um, specifically in February, what are ways that the individual person can celebrate, honor, uphold, um, this Black History Month. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go first here with a, I'm going to try and lob up a softball to Pastor Richard to knock out of the park uh, because I know um, he has so much to offer us in, in this, in this pursuit. Uh, if you're from specifically the majority culture, it's easy for us. We could just kind of go through February and not really pay attention. Mm-hmm. That is, we have the ability to do that. Um, that's just kind of the reality of being in a majority culture, whatever, wherever you are in the world. If you're in the majority culture, you have the ability to kind of ignore the uh, the situation, circumstances of those in the minority culture. Um, so first thing I want to say is even listening to this, having this uh, just running through um, on your podcast, whatever you're listening to is like step one to say, OK, I'm going to be made aware. And I would encourage you. And this is where I want to hand it to Pastor Richard to read more and just get familiar with the history mm-hmm. of black people, specifically, I'm going to say in American history. It's a good starting point. Um, we could keep going back, though. We can hit St. Augustine and mm-hmm. several others and realize that, you know, these yeah. the St. Augustine was African and be like, oh, wait a minute. The <laughs> if we keep going back, it'd be good. But I'm saying even starting there uh, with, all right, I want to get informed because as you said, Pastor Richard earlier, man, this is also like, the history of people. This is, mm-hmm. you could even say yeah. this is American history. Mm-hmm. And then if we get specific to the church, we're like, this is the history of God's people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I am better off for, uh, there's this big old area that I just didn't know about. And then the more I go and study and learn, I'm, uh, I'm better off for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I want to start with just learning. And that's what I want to hand it to you to say, give us some all right, here's where you should go to learn. Cause you've already cited one book. I feel like we should have a tally mark going of how many books <laughs> Pastor Richard recommends in this podcast. But I know you have so much to offer for yeah. us in that in that yeah. one. Yeah. Well, again, I, I wanna before I, I answer it, I do want to speak to the heart. Mm-hmm. Um Dr. King said this beautifully in his uh speech, uh Birth um, of a Nation. Uh he's he said to the to the privilege, 
oppression, um, equality seems like oppression. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what he meant there was that maybe you're feeling that, you know, talking about Black History Month is like counterintuitive to uh, the gospel message or is counterintuitive to the church's mission. And I just want to challenge you as I give ideas, you're going to feel this is strange. But the Bible says that we are strangers and sojourners. Mm. And so um, so with that, within now our redeemed selves, we, we can now explore other cultures free from partiality mm. and, and celebrate it because we're celebrating the, the diverse nature of our God. Mm. And, and, and so like um, things that you can do as pastor Spence alluded to read, uh, some, some books, you know, I, I, I tend to like books. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. that's an understatement. That, that's, that is uh, a bit of an understatement. Uh, um, a good one to understand African-American history as relates to the church free at last by Carl Ellis mm-hmm. is an excellent resource to understand. Uh, Dr. Uh, Tony Evans, uh, his, his book, uh, oneness embrace yep. also offers some understanding of history within the uh, church. Um, a, you want to get a little bit deep dive into some, some study, a crisis inside the village is another great understanding of understanding the nature and the role of the African-American church in the plight that has been, been presented uh, bef- before the African-American church. Now, just, just, just the history of black folks and just even the, the cultural aspect um, the best way to get that is um, I know PBS has lots of different specials mm-hmm. uh, regarding uh, just the history of whether it is jazz or whether it is rap or or um, R&B. And so there's there's some richness there that um, almost as a culture in, in most cultures, everything has a meaning and everything ha- has a reason. Mm-hmm. And, and, and mm-hmm. so. Um, listen to some rap and and I know it's been posed that rap is bad. That's, that's not true. Uh, some rap is bad just as some country's bad, you know, yeah. uh, you know, it's, I don't it, know. I don't listen to that. Hey, I'm, I am from, I am from, uh, you're from uh, Texas. Texas. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I, I was told my, my entire life, man, rap music talks about, you know, all these things that they can get against the Bible. Then, then listening to, uh, Garth Brooks, I'm like, <laughs> Um, called out. I don't specifically. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't know the difference. It's just that it, it seems more seems just more leans towards your culture than mm-hmm. in my, mm-hmm. than in my mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so like rap music to really just to celebrate the the culture. Guys like Nas. Um, mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. I, he's not a Christian. I, I know that. Uh, and but in black culture, y'all like we in, embrace everybody. Mm despite what we think or disagree is that we embrace it, everybody. And so we celebrate everybody. And that is a hard thing to understand. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and so my, my wife, by those who don't know me, my wife is a, is a Southern belle. Uh, and, uh, she's, she's, she's white, um, just to make it clear. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and like, she does not, she, she's learning to understand how we celebrate as a people. Mm. Um, particularly our, our culture. And uh, because again, it's going back to that. We live in a world that where um, our dignity is always at, at stake. Mm-hmm. And so to, to champion someone, even though you don't agree with everything, 
is worth it. But that, that's another way to like yeah. celebrate yeah. Uh, parents like y'all, the, the, the Charlotte Mecklenburg library does an exceptional job of giving you a softball. Mm. They have a black history display in mm. all of the live libraries. Wow. And so go pick it up. Hulu gives a softball. They have a black history section. Yeah. Mm. Um, and just, yeah. and just give it up. And I'm sure Apple has it cause Apple t- tends to be woke. Uh, and you know, uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it, and so like, um, it's just learning, um, I ask people this um, all the time is that outside of Denzel Washington, name a, a famous African-American actor. Mm, yeah. You know, um, and I can go down the list. And so, again, it's not to make you feel bad or to shame you or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just learning. Yeah. Like um, not all the movies are God glorifying. But neither is the office. Uh, and, <laughs> hey, it's, wow! It's, really coming after yeah. it. Garth Brooks, the office. Hey, hey, it's it's real. I'm just calling. Uh, you know, just trying to make. There is someone listening to this who you just described them. They're yeah. like, wait, did yeah. he know that I was listening? Yeah, yeah. You know, the office or uh, you know, all of those those shows don't glorify God, mm-hmm. right? But there are components and aspects of God that they do represent mm. uh, because because it's art, and 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 so. Um, get into the arts, look at African-American paintings. Like mm-hmm. my, my wife and I, we, I was texting a couple of friends and we were all talking about how can we, we then put more black art on our walls because oh, yeah. most of my best friends, not most, all of my best friends are all married to white women and all their names are, are either Megan or, or Hannah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how that, I don't know how that happened, yeah. but we're all married yep. to white women and names are Hannah and Megan, which is, yeah. Um, not trying to put it, things in stereotype. Um, but yeah, so those are just easy ways. Yeah, absolutely. You know, music, yeah. art, um, culture, go, you know, if you find your, yourself going to, to, uh, a concert, you know, try some, some different, you mm-hmm. know, shop at a different grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, see, see the difference in, in the foods. Like I cannot go into a food lion in South Charlotte and pick up uh, a pot of, of chitlins. Like mm-hmm. that, you 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 ain't gonna find it if you don't know what Chitlins is. Yeah, uh, this is not. We can, <laughs> That's a different podcast. It's, 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 yeah. it's, um, but 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 I can't. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's inside inside the the red bucket with the with the white cap. Yeah. Um. You you can't find Jessica that. Knows. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Shout knows. out to Roxborough. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, those are some really great tips, and I think yeah, to our listeners, um, definitely. I would say reading has been the most informative way for me. I know getting uh, book recommendations from you, Pastor Richard, and just taking that to heart and actually spending time reading those, talking about them with my community group and my friends and just thinking through, um, yeah, what does this mean for me? How can I teach others about this? How can I speak into the larger conversation that is at play here? Um, I did want to ask you guys, this was actually a question that Pastor Spence wanted to talk about, but I would love to know from both of you who your heroes are, who your African-American heroes are as it relates to Black History Month. We may as well do some celebrating since that's what we're doing. That's right. Um, Hey, let me give a one more quick um, book recommendation that uh, Pastor Ashar gave me that I found really helpful. It's short. It's written by a white pastor who went through the uh, feeling of, man, I want to lead a multicultural church and I don't know where to start and I want to lead a multicultural life. I don't know where to start. It's called white awake. It's by Daniel Hill. And one of the things I love about it is um, not only, well, one of the things I know you'll love about it, not only is it short, but 
it's uh, it, it's very candid mm-hmm. and uh, it's from a majority culture perspective. And he also concludes with action steps. Mm-hmm. Like, and just leave you as like, here's my experience. But also says, hey, here's how you, you can get started uh, if you're coming from that same sort of spot. So if you're like, man, I, I, anyways, I found it to be a good starting point. All right, let's talk about some heroes. Pastor Pence, can I say yep. one, one, one more thing? Yep. As you are reading and researching, I can't reiterate to be open-minded mm-hmm. and ask questions before there are assumptions that are made. Ooh. That's good. Yeah. Um, that is good. Because I have found that just, you know, I've been ministering in white spaces mm-hmm. uh, for the past 11, 12 years. And, and I, I found that there's a lot of assumptions that are made before there's questions that, that are asked and, and what then happens, it causes more division. And so, as a white That's brother and, and sister, know that the black person or brown person or whatever uh, person you're speaking to, know that they have had about 25 com- conversations mm-hmm. uh, regarding that same issue. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and and so, like, stop and think about it a bit and say, is this is this my co- cultural value? Which which is fine. Like, you can have your cultural value. Or and it's just the, the matter of don't make someone else's cultural value don't demonize their cultural value because you don't understand it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, that's why all of this learning can't mm-hmm. happen apart from the grace of God. Yep. We can't divorce our learning from the gospel. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's why I would yeah, definitely encourage doing this with trusted friends in community with a group of people so that you're not alone and praying through, okay, Lord, what are you revealing to me about my brothers and sisters through what I'm reading right now Mm -hmm. and really taking that before the Lord and asking him to transform your understanding um, as you are taking in this information. Yeah. 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 And, and like y'all mercy, mercy family. I I love Mm y'all. I love y'all dearly, but I can't Mm -hmm. be everybody's, everybody's black, black friend. That's Uh, that's right. And, and, and so I got past pastor Spence and he, he, he gives me a run for my, my money. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. um, no, just, just joking. But, but in all seriousness, like y'all, uh, Pastor Smith said it a few Sundays ago that we are, we are missionary people. And what if God might be calling you to relocate mm. for the sake of the gospel? If you don't have any, people of color inside your circles. Um, is that really living a multi-ethnic lifestyle? And, and if, and I, I get emails, Pastor Smith gets emails all the time. Like, what are we going to do? And an action step is what are you going to do? Mm, that's good. You know, like, yeah. like, like what are, what are, what have you done? It's, yeah. it's like, if we believe in the priesthood of the, the believers, mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, we let's go, let's go. Yeah. Absolutely. So, sorry. I'd... No, you're good. I know we could we could talk yeah. a long time about a lot of these things. But yeah, let's get back to yeah, our heroes. Let's, uh, yeah, let's heroes. see. I'm right. curious to know. I picked out three, one from each century. Oh, um, oh wow. So <laughs> okay. I, I can't wait to play. All right. right. Really, this is just like giving the tip of the iceberg, right? Go explore this, more. This like like lottery to see who. That's right. I'm going first. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my first one coming um, from the 18th century is George Lyle. Okay. Right. Yeah. George Lyle, who was, um, he was a, the first, um, the pastor of the first uh, African-American Baptist church mm-hmm. in America. Yeah. And if I understand it rightly, 
Um, because history is a little like, you know, this is why we're talking, you know, mm-hmm. continuing to learn more was the first um, missionary yeah, from America. To le- that's right. To leave America and doing so fleeing because um, of actually fleeing like per- we'll call it persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't just religious persecution. It was people that were trying to re-enslave him after his slavery had already been won for yeah. him, mm-hmm. um, trying to re-enslave him. And he flees to Jamaica. Where he goes and in Jamaica, seeing all these slaves who had been sent there is like they need a church. Yeah. And he plants a church there in Jamaica. The amount of um, man, just trust in his sovereign father to be able to take and go through that and see. I know like it's the diaspora. Yeah. And we just don't even realize it. But that's what that's what was happening there. I, I just wouldn't realize that at first. But um, I love his story. I love the just like. I mean, just, I don't know, a heart of steel and compassion, mm. like courage, conviction, and man, I'm running for my life and here's where God has sent me. He must have a purpose for me here. Mm. I'm going to share the gospel and start a church. Yeah. I, I love it. I just, I love his story. The more I, uh, the more I read it. Mm. Mm. That's my first one. Yeah. Um, man, there are, I thought about this question a lot. I wrote down a lot of names cause I'm like, you know what? Like everyone's uh, a hero in some space. Sure. Um, there is one guy, I guess two, two guys, I'm gonna put this in two because they kind of do a, a combo. Yeah. Um, a guy who looked at me first African-American man outside of my dad mm-hmm. who looked at me and said that they believe in me was a guy named Eric Strong. Eric since then has gone to be with the Lord. Um, and he single-handedly looked at almost every African-American brother in the city of Lubbock who, who he knew that there was potential in mm-hmm. and called them out. That's beautiful. Mm. Um, he, he was a, he was a, a hero to me, mm. um, a hero to many, many guys. And, and really some of the reasons why I'm sitting right here is because of Eric Mason. I'm not Eric Mason, uh, Eric Strong. Mm. Um, then he led me to read a book by another man to who I just highly respect his craft. And he's not necessarily known uh, throughout, uh, but his name is Hill Harper. Okay. Um, back in high school, I read a book called Letters to a Young Brother by Hill Harper. And it inspired me. Hmm. It absolutely inspired me. And, and so those are just two guys, two heroes that I think of like, man, like, they have had direct impact upon my life. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, man, that's good. Another one that comes to mind for me that is um, the author of one of my favorite books is Charles Octavius Booth. Mm. Now, the yeah. book is um, uh, a theology, a plain theology for people. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, plain theology for plain people. Plain theology yeah. for plain people. That's right. Right. Sorry, you're playing twice. Yeah. Um, but his story, the one he is the founding pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, mm. which is a very important church yep. in black history mm-hmm. when you think Dr. King was uh, one of the pastors of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. And it was wow. kind of this central part of the civil yep. rights movement. Um, but Booth, man, not only um, I mean, he did most of his ministry in Alabama in the 19th century during the height of the lynching era. He is um, 
he's launching programs in his community um, that's there to, I mean, the number of them is a little bit staggering, yeah. whether he's launching them or he's working alongside of others. Mm. Um, you know, the the literacy rate among African-Americans um, in Alabama went from 10% to 43% in 30 years mm. during the height of his ministry, where he was um, majoring on education mm. for African-Americans yeah. and several other things he did as a, as a pastor and yeah. theologian and y'all it, his book is so uh, Walter Strickland gets all the credit for bringing that book to life, mm-hmm. at least for, for me. And I think for a lot of us in this day and age, yeah. and um, it is a, it's a wonderful work because of how beautifully crafted it is. And it, it's such good and rich theology and mm-hmm. it's accessible mm-hmm. and I love it. And then you go back. So that, that caused me to go and like learn more about him and just a, um, that's the, I, that's the only, only I've, two pastors out of my three, um, that I have in my list, but man, his, um, his story again, doing, doing what he was doing when he was doing it, um, is remarkable. It's inspiring. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, just also what a mind Mm -hmm. and a heart, which is kind of what I, like I aspire to that kind of combination of mind and heart, um, heart for people and a mind to be able to train them. Yeah. 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 That's, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, a few more guys that I think of is, um, there's different aspects of who I want to be like them in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, W.E. Du Bois. Mm-hmm. Oh my. <laughs> like I want to have, I want to be a student like W.E. Du Bois. Mm-hmm. Um, George Washington Carver. Like yep. I will want to be innovative like George Washington Carver, mm-hmm. Frederick Douglass. I want to mm-hmm. be a prophet like Frederick, Frederick, Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then John Perkins. Yeah. I, I want to be an activist mm-hmm. like John Perkins. Um, John Perkins I had the pleasure to meet him a few times. He's a modern day civil rights activist. If you haven't read any of his books, I encourage you. Yeah. He is a pillar. He marched with Dr. King. He influenced John Lewis. He, mm-hmm. he, he is the backbone of what we see in a lot of the progress inside our mm-hmm. inside what we call the United States of America. He is a man who was beat like Paul, mm-hmm. but so gentle still. Yeah. And to, and to have that combination of gentleness um, but he he experienced a lot, y'all. That's the one to model, it's especially oh, yeah. like, as we talk about race with our families and whatnot. Yeah, like, yeah. like he's someone to model that he's not bitter. And in the words of Kurt Franklin and, and Lecrae Moore, um, we have two options in life: we can get better or we can get bitter. Yeah, and yeah, and and so good. he he got better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. His I just read um reading a book. He wrote the foreword, um reading it right now. And even in his foreword, man, mm-hmm. it's so seasoned with love. Yes. He that's just his and of course his title, One Love, a title of his own book. Yeah. Um but he just to your point, my goodness, that man just um oozes over, runneth his cup runneth over with love. Yes. That's all you hear from him and I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, so Pastor Spence, you mentioned this a few Sundays ago, but talking about um, a team that Mercy plans to assemble to kind of, um, and I believe Pastor Richard, you are overseeing Mm -hmm. this team. If you could just tell our listeners a little bit more about 
that team and what the purpose of that team is, that would be, that would be helpful. Yeah. Um, the purpose of, of the team is to explore. Well, I actually, the, what the, what is called the race and ethnicity council shorthand trek. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so T R E C and, and what it is, we're trying to get a diverse group of people from um, ages, race and ethnicity, because those two are different things for another podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're trying to explore the intrinsic and extrinsic factors of Mercy Church that can, that will lead to unity, racial unity, ethnic unity among our church. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 In the spirit of if we really get more of God when we welcome the redemptive storyline that God has brought to each culture. Um, If that's really true, then uh, as ones who are in the majority culture, most likely we are already celebrating those, even if we know it or not, that it's about our culture Mm -hmm. uh, or that it is God's storyline for our culture. We're already celebrating it and we will be better when we listen to our brothers and sisters who have a different cultural background and have seen God's work there as they come and present all right, Hey, here's and and brothers and sisters gracious enough to be willing to say, Hey, we we're going to offer this and show you how this could be a church where the redemptive grace of God is celebrated across cultural boundaries Mm -hmm. and we get more of God this way. So, um, what, what I feel like my job as our lead pastor is to listen, Mm -hmm. uh, and the job of our elders uh, is to listen as we form this team. And we're going to walk with, um, you know, we're asked this team to walk with so much, um, truth and grace Mm -hmm. and the same thing for the elders and the rest of our church and the end result, Lord willing will be a multicultural church, a church more poised to, um, be a multicultural church. And so, uh, it's one of the most interesting ones here that I feel like I have a lot of action steps in when it comes to maturing and when it comes to multiplying, but when it comes to being a multicultural church, the, a big action step for me is listening. Yeah. And a big action step, I think for our church body for a little while is going to be, uh, listening. And then some other action steps Mm -hmm. are going to follow from there before we start to see, um, concrete ways for we got to do some um some looking and, and seeing and listening so mm-hmm. i'm excited i'm excited for it um i think it's going to be uh i think we will be a more god honoring church for venturing into uh or let me say it again for receiving what the lord has mm-hmm. for us but we got to be uh again we're going to to go beyond that would be to go into another podcast. I think we've listed about four podcasts we can do yes. out of this one because yep. there's some other implications of what this will mean uh, for our church. Yeah. I'm excited for it, but yeah. yeah. Well, we are about to wrap it up here. I wanted to open up the floor just to see if you guys had anything else that you absolutely felt like you needed to tell our people, say to our people, but as we uh, wrap it up here. If you've never heard the story of the meeting between Jackie Robinson and Branch Rickey, Oh my goodness. The owner of the Brooklyn Dodgers, mm-hmm. Branch Rickey, um, 64 year old white dude who um, sits Jackie Robinson down in his office in a meeting where he even made up a fake um, that he was going to like a fake team that he was starting so that he could have this meeting. So he said, I'm starting the Brooklyn Brown Dodgers. 
that was just so none of the reporters would sniff out what he was doing as he brought Jackie Robinson up the elevator. (laughs) There was a whites only elevator in Brooklyn sits down under the portrait of Abe Lincoln. And the two of them have a conversation about how Jackie, he wants Jackie Robinson to play for the Dodgers. And it's all centered around barely even do they talk about baseball. What they talk about is their faith. And they talk about, because that's what Branch Rickey was like. This whole segregation thing is garbage. And it all stemmed out of Branch Rickey's faith. And he knew that Jackie Robinson was a believer. Mm-hmm. And he said, the only hope we have here is, are you going to be able to turn the other cheek? Because it's going to come at you a lot. Yeah. And I'm going to be with you in your corner. It's just this really cool, like, um, yeah. moment. So it's one of my, Jackie Robinson was my other one. So this is my way to squeeze that in there. Oh, Jackie. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, but just, yeah. Uh, that's, that's one of those, like, Oh man, there've been some pioneers before us and it gives, it inspires me as we go, um, into the, the next days. So, yeah, yeah. My, my concluding thought is like Mercy Church, um, know that us as pastors that we are, are with you, uh, even in this space of, of educating ourselves on, mm-hmm. on black history, um, know that we're with you. We're, we're going to attempt to put resources out in front of you. Uh, yeah. no, no big promises, but we're going to, we're going to try a, a little bit. And as uh, Pastor Spence said, commit to learning. Yeah. Um, and even as as like I, I believe that that the. Primarily for white brothers and sisters is that it's, it's y'all's turn. Hmm. Um, we have took as minority leaders, we have took the ball down the field when it shouldn't have been our ball to carry. Hmm. And now it's now it's y'all y'all's mm-hmm. turn to, yeah. Yeah, to, yeah. to finish it. Yeah. yeah, that's good. All right, guys. Well, we hope that this conversation has been really helpful. Thank you for taking the time to listen uh, to what we had to share with you today. We hope that this conversation inspires you uh, to do your own learning and reading and research. We hope it inspires you to have those conversations with your friends, with your community group, with your family. Um, and as we go forward into February and we go forward into the future years of Mercy Church, um, I just, yeah, I pray that we would be a church that would seek multiculturalism. And with that, Mercy Church, you are sent. Mm-hmm.